Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you here on the Believe Podcast Network. And very happy to welcome to the show a special guest today. Always a blast talking football with the number one NFL insider. You guys can have your shefters in your locking for us. We love Jason Cole. Been doing it for a long, long time and a good friend of the show. And uh, Jason, Happy New Year. Good to have you on the program today here on After Hours. Good to be here. What's going on? Hello, hello. Yeah, not much. Uh, you know, rarely <laughs> down here, nothing. <laughs> rarely uh, am I blindsided by uh, foolish uh, things that are done by the Miami Dolphin organization, and once again, sort of uh, insinuate and imply that that maybe they're not really sure of where they are now and what direction they need to go in. But uh, your thoughts? Uh, I thought Brian Flores, uh, from this standpoint, we've been talking about this uh, on our Ion Channel show. Uh, uh, you know, if you can kind of minimize and marginalize the flaws uh, of the roster that you have and, and find a way to accentuate whatever it is, no matter how limited that they, they do well, uh, I, I would assume that that's a very good job of coaching. And uh, with his Blitzkrieg defense, uh, I think he took advantage of what skills he might have had at a couple of corner positions and uh, made uh, what could have been a very mediocre to poor defense uh, a very good one uh, and a, a very testing one. And uh, didn't exactly have uh, the greatest luck on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, managed to find uh, some things that Tua did well enough to have them win like eight of their last nine games. So were you, like a lot of us in South Florida, blindsided by the firing yesterday of Brian Flores as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins? Yep. (laughs) Uh... Surprise, yeah. I mean, uh, that, that kind of came out of nowhere. I, I thought it was a joke when I read it the first time. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's, he's been great. Um, and certainly, you know, the turnover on the offensive uh, assistant coaching staff is troubling and where they're going. But like, guys play hard for him. Um and, you know, that team was, you know, pretty competitive. And if they don't lose Tua, and I'm not saying that Tua's been great, but the games that they played with Brissett weren't particularly good. Um, but there are problems. But, but sometimes a coach needs to mature a little bit and figure it out along the way. And maybe you go through a mistake of, okay, this quarterback wasn't what we thought he was going to be. But that doesn't mean that you change the whole foundation of what you're doing. Like it seems they just they just trash things. And, and I know this may not be a football decision as Stephen Ross talked about yesterday. This may have to do with communication and how Flores gets along with others like Chris Greer or anybody else in the organization, maybe how he gets along with the owner. Um 
and that's fair, but I put a lot of that on Ross. I mean, if you're going to be an absentee owner, um, you're going to have to figure out a way to, to have people work within your organization and get through problems. You know, this is a high-intensity job where you know, people are going to disagree a lot. Uh, and it's your job as the owner to either solve those disagreements and keep people going or to hire somebody who can manage it for you. And I think that one of the biggest problems they have is they don't have a team president who is knowledgeable about how to run the football operation in terms of, okay, Chris Greer, you know, if it is Chris Greer and, and Brian Flores who are not getting along, or Brian Flores and anybody else, teach them to do that and make it clear that, look, this is going to be a huge problem if we don't get through it and solve it. Um, or better yet, don't hire somebody from the beginning who's not going to fit in with your organization from a communication standpoint or a lack of communication standpoint. But as a coach, I, I like what Brian Flores is doing. I really do. And um, losing him seems like a step backwards. I mean, God knows they've gone through some horrendously bad coaches over the past 15 years. Do you want to go back to that? Yeah, we don't want to be singing about smoking Joe Philbin <laughs> again or Coco Cameron after a massive international coaching search. They come up with a guy that, uh, you know, was in the stats for the first preseason yeah, game. Yeah, and Adam Gase was supposed to be the genius. A lot of people like Gase, though. Uh, that, that just didn't pan out, uh, and at least, uh, you know, that, they turned on that one quickly. Uh, Jason Cole with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. I know Luby is chomping at the bit here because uh, – he, he doesn't like anybody named Greer. He, he even was denouncing uh, Rosie Greer's career. He, he didn't like Pam Greer in any of those uh, movies that she was in, uh, even uh, when she yeah, was Pam like stark awesome. naked. Pam Greer's great. Yeah. I Chris mean, uh, you know, he's just uh, not a big fan <laughs> of Chris Greer. And, yeah, what's wrong with you? I love What's Pam wrong? Greer. Pam I don't like Chris Greer. <laughs> yeah. I, I, look, I, I think that, look, I think the talent's okay. I mean, I, um, look, has Chris Greer been perfect? No. Um, but again, I, I think most of the players that he's picked have been pretty good. Not, not perfect, but, but pretty good. This is a solid base. Their, their problem was they made a mistake on the quarterback. Um, it appears that he's just average. He's not great. And, but lots of people thought that. And I'm willing to play it out a little bit longer with Chris Greer. Um, I don't, you know, Maybe not much longer, but this is a competitive football team. Uh, this is a team that is right on the cusp, and if they can get better offensively, if they can fix those problems, they're right there as a as a contender. Um, but you know, they are they. No, these are definitely some big problems. I just I just don't know how you benefit from constantly changing people over. I mean, that's what they've done for, what has it been? Ever since Jimmy Johnson, right? It's just been a revolving yeah. door. Yes. And, yes. and you just can't get any stability. You can't get any focus or any direction. Because every time you fire people like this, you change everything over in your organization. You start over again. It's, you know, you, you get inevitably get rid of players who people think don't fit into the system that they want to run. Instead of, 
fixing the system and making sure that you maximize the players. I, that that's I just I, when I watch really good teams, their stability. Yes, they go through their bad times. Like the New York Giants are currently going through a bad time. Um, but I think that the, overall the organization is well run. Pittsburgh is not, you know, it's not, they're in the playoffs. They're not a particularly good team, right? You would argue the Dolphins are probably a better team overall than Pittsburgh. But, but you know, Pittsburgh is, has a steady hand and a focus, and they, you know, they carry out their plan, and that's why they're more consistently contenders than the Dolphins. Jason, and we're talking with Jason Cole, NFL Insider. He's great on Twitter, at Jason Cole 62 author of LA, A Relentless Life, and has other stories and things in the works, so we'll definitely talk to him about that. He's a very, very busy guy, and appreciate him finding time for us. Uh, Greer, yes, he hasn't been totally ineffective. Um, I... I I'm a little confused at this separation of firing coaches, keeping the GM to hire a coach to fire the GM. Um, but I guess they haven't done that again this time around. My interest is who they hire next because right now Tua is the guy, yet their offensive line statistically the worst in football. Skill position-wise, they were not good. Um, who do you think is a, a head coach candidate out there that could help them on offense, which is the real place that Brian Flores struggled? Jim Caldwell would be the first phone call I would make. Jim Caldwell knows what he's doing. Um, I I really, to me, that's the steadying influence. Like, that's a calm guy that guys will play for, and you'll find out if Tua can play or not. He'll give you a a pretty good evaluation um, of where Tua is. I think he's done a nice job with quarterbacks wherever he's been. Um, you know, he worked with Peyton Manning. You know, people people know about that. Um, so yeah, I mean, Jim Caldwell be at the top of my list of guys I would call. Doug Peterson's okay. Um, I think this you need somebody who's a little bit more mature, um, walking into the situation a little more calm, um, and Caldwell sort of fit fits that. And you can go get Kellen Moore if you want, who's who's really interesting. But you just have problems with a young coach um, because of communication and theoretically some level of immaturity. Now you're going to go get another guy who's young who's never been a head coach and you're going to deal with whatever his issues are. Um, And so to me, I want a guy who's an older, you know, Calming force who also has, you know, stability behind him, who also has, you know, a you know, Jim Caldwell can walk into a room and say, look, guys, it has to be done my way or somebody's got to go. He has that ability to do that in a very calm manner. And that would be what I would want. So I would I would highlight Caldwell in a big way. We haven't eliminated Lane Kiffin. It's not exciting. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, right, you know, there are certain guys that are linked to every job. What do you yeah. want? Yeah. What do you want? Right. Like, everybody's like, oh, we're going to go get Jim Harbaugh. You're not getting Jim Harbaugh. It's <laughs> not happening. Okay. Stephen Ross is not doing that to the University of Michigan. Plus, Harbaugh's crazy. <laughs> I mean, 
He's crazy. That, that would be a number one reason. Never mind Michigan. <laughs> not, not to grab this guy. It's crazy. It, it looked like a perfect scene, yeah, though, uh, Jason. You know me and conspiracy theories. As soon as I heard Flores was fired and then came to believe it was true, of course. I thought, okay, well, yeah. who was here at the Orange Bowl just a week or so ago? Uh, Jim Harbaugh, probably in town. You probably had Barry Jackson uh, from the Miami Herald, uh, one of your former contemporaries, hiding in the bushes there at Prime 112, <laughs> and uh, catches them coming out of a clandestine meeting. And uh, you're thinking, Actually, okay, Barry Harbaugh must already be Barry signed for them to make this move. He's usually above those um, those ceiling, you know, the, those drop <laughs> ceilings. He's in the vents. <laughs> he's hiding uh, he's, somewhere he's in the rafters. He's usually in that crawl space. That's where Barry is the best hiding. A lot of other stuff uh, transpiring on that front. Also, you had some other uh, coaches being fired. I, I don't know that any were uh, as unanticipated as uh, as Brian Flores and Mike Zimmer out after a while there in Minnesota. Spielman goes with him. Uh, Nagy uh, mm-hmm. in Chicago and the GM goes to, uh, what was his name? Price. Uh, he's got that team, uh, literally, uh, nice. like nice. just uh, on death row for the next 10 years. Uh, Fangio uh, was not a particularly popular choice when he was hired. And that uh, was somewhat questionable. Uh, New York, what, what happens there? I mean, uh, what do you see with, uh, Joe judge? Cause, uh, he, he's in that precarious situation where the GM, uh, well, you know, retired, uh, he was about to get fired and if anybody had to come in it would have been Gettleman after the four disastrous years he's put together with the G-men but what happens with Judge now he's having meetings with ownership and uh, they don't know what his status is two years isn't a long time but uh, the season was a disaster at the end Uh, what do you think transpires there Jason Cole again look the Giants don't want to fire coaches after two years they want to play it out all right they that's not their style they like stability I don't think they want to fire Joe Judge. But when you run a quarterback sneak on second down from your own yeah. four-yard line to <laughs> put yourself in a better position to punt, and then you do it again on third down. Yeah, okay, back-to-back sneaks. Yeah, yeah, who does back-to-back <laughs> with, five, with five minutes left in the first half of your game in a oh three-nothing game. You're running quarterback sneaks, okay? Oh You're not playing the 1974 Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? <laughs> you know, like this. That is some of the most gutless play calling I've ever seen in my life. And, and, it, <clears throat> and the, the only saving grace is that there were so many no-shows at that game, like 60,000 no-shows, right? Wow. That about 12,000 fans actually witnessed that. Wow. Um, you know, so, but... That's a reason that you look. If you're if you're John Mara or Steve Tisch, and you look down and you go, "A, that's gutless. B, it's not entertaining. We're gonna we're gonna try and sell this to our fan base for next year." And 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 not everything should be based on you know things should be based on are you putting together a competitive team? But that is not competing. You're even, and I know Jake Fromm is your quarterback. You're, you know, worried about what's going to happen. I mean, this is the Washington football team you're playing. Yeah. Again, it's not the it's not the '85 Bears, <laughs> where you're going to get people killed. Um, it, 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 it just, it just, I just look and I go, you, you have to, you have to be kidding me. This is what you're going to do. Um, and I, I would have fired. I, I would have fired him. 
walking off the field. During the game, yeah. Just that would have made sense. <laughs> well, I just, just was, uh, this, this, like, how, do you, how do you capture the imagination of the people that are working for you when you do stuff like that? I mean, the yeah. players have to be looking at that and going, what? You know, it's I, I, you know they have to be going, yeah. right. You know, so you just threw in the towel. Okay. You know, thank you for your time, and let's move on. Um, yeah. And I know it's a small kind of singular thing, but that to me was a, a statement. Yeah, and, and sometimes you have to look at things like that and just say, "Okay, that's uh, that's enough for me." I mean, uh, you're, you're you're looking at a guy that, uh, as you said, I mean, completely gutless and uninspired in that spot, and uh, you know, it's a meaningless game at the end of the season against a division rival. Uh, you know, and you know, you, you have to at least show some some courage. A guy is a pro quarterback, uh, regardless of how limited his talent and experience might be. Yeah, let, let him do something. See what he can do. Yeah, you got a better shot. Uh, speaking at the opposite end of the spectrum is uh, Brandon Staley. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> and, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And, and, and you know, we you you know, I love six scenarios, Jason Cole. And you know, I, I started to uh, buy into the idea that uh, wow, what, what if NBC got stiffed with a game where both teams had pre-ordained or arranged to take a knee from the opening whistle all the way through because they would both both make the playoffs if Jacksonville somehow miraculously beat Indianapolis. So I'm looking on a scoreboard in the afternoon. I'm saying, look at that. It could happen. Jacksonville wins. And, you know, I have to credit both of those teams are playing their eyeballs out because it was a sensationally entertaining game. And even more so when you realize the tie scenario was a factor and then Staley, after, you know, the absurd, uh, I, I guess, you know, if it worked, it would have been fine. But uh, from his own 19 in a three-point game, he goes ahead and goes for a fourth down and misses. The only uh, of the uh, fourth down conversions they attempted that, that didn't have success. And, uh, you know, puts another three points on the board automatically for the Raiders. But then he calls his timeout. And it looked like, uh, were you not convinced the Raiders were just going to go ahead and uh, – abdicate the possibility of kicking a field goal for a fear, uh, you know, something could go wrong and, and end that game in a tie? Yes. I thought they were, I thought they were playing it out saying, you know, we're, we're content to let the, the thing run out. If we get in the field goal range, okay, we'll, we'll give a shot, but we're not throwing the ball. Right? They, they're not taking the risk of something bad happening where they have a guy who's tied for the league lead for fumbles, right? That, yeah. That's our quarterback, right? It was already yes. fumbled one time in that game, right? And they were fortunate to get the ball back, right? So you're not going to take a chance on him either fumbling and giving the Chargers a chance to win this game, throwing an interception, doing anything that stops the clock that can then give the ball to the Chargers who might want to try and go for the win. You want to preserve your chance to get into the playoffs. You're the Raiders, okay? This is an accomplishment, right? So, now. It's a little bit of a dud at the end of the game, you know, for people to look at, but, but they would understand. And that logically what you've done is you said you've assured your playoff position, right? Nobody's going to argue with that after you fought and fought and fought. So, yeah, that was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you giving them an extra play? Like, I, I would just be, I'd be the owner. I go, why'd you just do that? And, you know, his, his, the answer was I had to get the right personnel. And, no, no, you didn't. They were already in a run situation. <laughs> they could add Luby on the field. Yes. They were going to take a knee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they're not going to take a knee exactly. They're going to run a dive play. But they've already yeah. done a dive play the, the previous two or three plays. 
you know, they just they run gut gut run plays. And yeah. And 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 here's the other thing: if you got the right personnel on the field, why would you just give up a ten year run? Exactly. <laughs> that put them in position. Like, what was the right personnel that you so badly needed to get on the field? I don't get it. So, I mean, it was just idiotic. Along with, yes, going for it on fourth and one from your own 20. I know what the analytics say. I see it. But the analytics do not take into account that this is a game played by human beings. And that when you do crazy things like that, and you fail, the downside is so bad for your team that you put yourself in a precarious situation, like being down 15 points with about eight minutes left and having to pull off this sort of miracle finish. And here's the here's the last thing. If your goal was to play to win, right, which you're theoretically doing, right, because you yes. know, if we're on fourth and, and one, from your own, you're calling time at the game at the end of the game. Explain to me with this one last thing, Brandon. Say like, why didn't you go for two on the last play of the game after you got to twenty? What was it? 28-27 or twenty nine twenty? You know, twenty nine twenty eight. Whatever. I can't remember what you said. What? Yeah, what, they had a chance to win the game. If you want to win this game, if you want, if your desire is to win this game, and I don't necessarily disagree with that because I would like to be on a you know. Winning note, I get that. You you say, look, philosophically, I want to be winning going into the playoffs. I feel that's the best for our team. I may think it's a little crazy, but at least you have a philosophy, right? And your philosophy based on that is you went on fourth and one. Your philosophy based on that was you called the timeout at the end of the game to extend the game to try and get another play, right? You're trying to win the game. Why didn't you go for two at the end, end of regulation? That's, that's the consistency of thought. Right. Yeah. That, that that's the you, you have you can win the game with one play. You don't have to play overtime. We don't have to you know waste more energy on this game. Our guys are already shot. I mean, you watch the receivers. Those guys, Mike Williams was you know was just exhausted at the end of that game. Right? You yeah. have one play that you can win the whole thing, and you choose to go for the tie because you know in your heart, hearts the tie gets us into the into the playoffs. Exactly. So. <laughs> So that's this is where I have a real problem with Brandon Staley. Now I don't think I'd fire him yet because again I think the team played hard and generally as a young coach and I want to let him mature. See this I always go back to you know people talk about Bill Belichick being the greatest coach in, in the history of the planet. Um, people in Cleveland don't necessarily agree with that, right? Like they they saw the Bill there. Belichick. Yeah. Who, Right, who didn't know what he was doing, right, and was trying to figure it out, um, and had all these things that he was testing out that didn't really work, and, and a lot of that was because of the owner. But but suffice to say, coaches are are you know have to learn how to do the job. There are very few who just walk in knowing exactly what they want to do, and especially with a young coach. So I I go a little further with Brand Staley, but I sure as hell want to know what are you thinking. <laughs> Jason Cole, NFL Insider with us here, uh, also the author of Elway and Relentless Life, Outstanding Sports Read, and working on movie deals and all kinds of uh, great projects. Uh, all right, one final thing uh, here, Jason. Uh, I'm looking at the slate here. I love Wild Card Weekend. Uh, I especially like the opening Wild Card Weekend. It's now been expanded 
So you have the uh, Bengals now entertaining the Raiders who fought their yeah, eyeballs out that, to uh, win no, that game. Wait, 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 wait. Before we go there, yeah. do you love Wild Card Weekend because of the sort of je of it, the, the, the level of play, or is it just like you have a 50% increase in the number of betting opportunities? <laughs> I think you know the answer. It's phenomenal. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, from an entertainment standpoint, I always liked having the doubleheaders on Saturday and Sunday. In uh, playoff games, <laughs> and uh, you know, this, this is even better. It's even exactly. juicier with a full slate. Although uh, difficult to judge NFL games uh, with uh, guys lining up and the whole COVID thing uh, taking people out at the last minute. But um, of these matchups, you have Bengals Raiders, Bills Patriots, a juicy one. Bucks Eagles, uh, not so infatuated with that. Uh, Cowboys and the Forty ers Who knows? Uh, Chiefs uh, suspect, and and the Steelers find ways to win. And the Rams and the Cardinals, uh, of those matchups, uh, which one kind of uh, tweaks your interest the most, Jason Cole? Uh, 49ers against Dallas, because I think 49ers, are your, if you're looking for a dark horse, you know, their they're, um, pass play differential, right, is the best in, in, in of all these teams. Well, the 14 teams that are in the playoffs, they're at 1.7. And that's an, a staggeringly good um, differential per pass play. Um, now it's based on their, you know, their running game and their defense. You know, is able to keep people under control. And so, yes, they're they're suspect at quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they're fascinating. And what they're if they're able to sort of slow down what Dallas does enough and cause Dallas some problems, I love that that first round matchup. And right after that. And I'm not a big fan of this Monday playoff scenario, which creates a short week. But, you know, it's nice to have three days of football. I will agree with that. But that Monday game between um, the Cardinals and the Rams, like I, I like that game a lot. Uh, that's, that one's fun. I just, I don't know if the Cardinals are going to be healthy enough in that game. And, you know, if their defense is going to be able to stop any, anybody enough. But, that's that game's fun. That that could be you know, that could be a thirty-five, thirty-one game. Anybody picked up the uh, movie yet? Uh, where, where's that stand? That project you were working on? Oh uh, well, that, that's one of them. The no, the answer is no, not yet. But All right. I'm very confident that the one about that we're researching right now is going to do really, really well. The other one is a little bit more of a long shot. I think it's going to take a little time to sell that one, but it'll be fun when somebody does. But the, the one I'm researching right now, I have no doubt that somebody's going to buy. And, and it's going to be great and fun. But yeah, the one about the runner, that may take, uh, that may take some shopping. So we got to work on, we got to work on the shopping side of that one. Is there a role for a burnt-out uh, sportscaster? <laughs> Probably. Anywhere uh, in any of these scripts? Or do you need, uh, you need like to write in a, a little part for me? What, what do you think? I mean, a, par- in a, a little bit of uh, parlance that I know that you will understand. Um, I yeah. wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're the it's a perfect way to end up. Jason, always a pleasure, my friend. Great stuff uh, on uh, all of the uh, various things that we explored. And... Uh, Best of luck uh, with the film and, and all of your other projects, and, and we'll look forward to seeing you uh, soon and having you again uh, you know, as a special guest here on, on After Hours with Tifo and Luby. Thanks for joining us. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, J-Man. Good luck. All right. Thanks a lot. Jason Cole, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Don't bet on it.
<laughs> Guy's writing a movie, man. He can't create a little role for uh, you know some has been hack sportscaster. Yeah, well, that's not right. I mean, you can you can do something somehow. Don't you have to incorporate a couple of elements of fiction into these stories exactly. that he's researching? Exactly. <laughs> About the Fugazi runner that got into like Princeton, yeah, uh, even though right he was thirty-seven years old. <laughs> was part uh, Kenyan. Unbelievable. Exactly. All right, Jason Cole, always a pleasure having Jason Cole on the show. Glad you guys tuned in. Don't forget our uh, regular show every Monday through Friday. I on channel. You can Google the Defo show. That's D-E-F-O. And uh, catch all of the different things that we do. Uh, That's a two-hour rendition there from 7 to 9 Eastern time. If you want to catch it live on ionchannel.com and or uh, just by Googling the Defo show. And uh, we have a lot of shows archived there that uh, you can check out. Uh, always a lot of fun, and always great being with you, uh, Mike Luby Lubitz on After Hours. Yes, well, sir, as, uh, and congratulations, we literally are Georgia. Uh, after hours. Yeah, and uh, you were right about something. Yeah, that's Yay. right. Georgia wins the uh, national championship, and my theory: don't bet against the devil. Fell flat. Unfortunately, uh, you know what? Uh, you prevail once again, but uh, he's going to catch up with you, you guys. Don't do it again. <laughs> it looked like Saban had this thing in the bag there. Plus two and a half looked like a very generous exactly. offering, and the under players were dancing in the streets early in this ball game. And throughout the uh, first three quarters, and then all of a sudden, uh, <laughs> it got close. I, I guess mathematically, you would have to do some wild permutation to, uh, you know, have the game. I, it had to go to overtime, I, I, you know, yes. for the uh, under players to lose because uh, that uh, fifteen-point total there at halftime was uh, enough to salivate over. I mean, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you're you're already popping uh, the cork on exactly. a very expensive bottle of champagne. Our friend Sheldon G, though, I don't know if this is all his own money. He had 75 dimes Oof. riding on Alabama last night to win 90,000. Bet oh them at God. plus 120 to win the national championship when the Final Four was announced. Gets the skate job against uh, Cincinnati, so you could just essentially have to repeat your performance against Georgia. Yep. And you've got 90 dimes coming to you. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> speaking of choking, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Shelly. You'll make it up on some other games. You'll be all right. How do you feel when 75000 goes flying? I mean, I don't care how much money know. you have. It has to hurt a little bit, right? See 75000 go flying out the door. Yeah, that's not All good. right, uh, that's going to do it for us here uh, on After Hours. I'm Jeff DeForest. He's Mike Luby Lubitz. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. And keep in mind, as we uh, work our way through yet another glorious week here in early January, you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. What if I told you you could go to a great restaurant feel completely safe because their COVID protocol is unmatched, have an amazing meal, have a great time. When the bill comes, you won't get sticker shock. You're going to say, that's too good to be true. No, it's not, because I'm talking about Texas Roadhouse. Great family atmosphere, great atmosphere for a couple, great atmosphere if you just want to go by yourself and watch a game and have the coldest beer in town. And while you're doing that, have the best bread in town. All at Texas Roadhouse. Everything you get there is fresh every day and made sure it's served at your table, hot and ready to go. And the best part is you don't get sticker shock because the prices are amazing. Texas Roadhouse. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant. And you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, 
highly apart. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.